Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Today, we reap the harvest of God's work. Today, the dogma is complete and manifest within us. Today, our joy is made full. Today, what was broken apart is joined back together. Today, hearts of stone have the word inscribed on them and have become hearts inflamed with holiness. Today, man climbs a ladder to heaven. Today, man becomes the friend of God is seated in the heavenly council. Today the fruit has become ripe and picked and enjoyed by all with a shout of thanksgiving. Today power descends and roots out the enemy. Today, Pascha is fulfilled for the whole world. These past 50 days have been for us a progressive feast with the party prize saved for the consummation. We've fought with the demons, struggled against the flesh, and our sin bore our cross of self-denial, trekked through the wilderness of 40 days, not because we're masochists, but for the fruit, for the prize, which awaited us at the end, and today the prize is poured out. Not on Pascha, mind you. The Lord's resurrection is the beginning of the feast. Today is the finale of the feast, which began 50 days ago. The fight was 40 days. The feast is 50 days. 10 days more than the fight. Because the suffering of the fight will pass into oblivion. But the feast is eternal. The wilderness gives way to paradise when the harvest is reaped. Now what was supposed to be happening over these past 50 days in our lives was really a progressive celebration of praise in the wake of Christ's triumph. Our celebration began with shouts of joy and worshipful awe at the power of his love when he returned to camp from his descent into Hades below where he destroyed the enemy of mankind. He came up from his solitary sojourn, from that dark and putrid pit. He came back a glorious and glowing like the sun. He came back and he showed his friends his battle scars and claimed his victory. Of course, we were in a bit of a shock. Our grief was so fresh. It took a while for us to process just exactly what had happened. But he passed through the camp for 40 days, meeting and telling stories and showing himself, allowing us to touch him, his new and beautiful and immortal flesh. And we relished the victory with him and grew in confidence that this was real and this would never be taken from us. The camp danced around the fire and ate and drank and reveled in his victory. But that was not the end, nor the consummation. There was something yet more to come, something which makes his triumph our own, something which completes the victory. 
there is a harvest of fruit of his great work, which comes today on this great day, this great feast of Pentecost. In the midst of the revelry, just 10 days ago, he left the camp all of a sudden. <laughs> he left the camp and the party and he went away. It was a little disconcerting at first. But he had prepared us for his going away and told us not to worry that he would be coming back shortly. He'd be coming back in greater power in order to fulfill our joy with a gift which would supersede his bodily presence. How could that be? How could that be? In and through the gift that he promised that would come, he and the Father both would come to us again in a new way. And this time, they would not only, he would not only be with us, he would be in us, uniting us to himself at a whole different level. He would come back down and take us up to heaven and seat us with him on his throne. And while we would remain here, we would also be there, where we are on this very day. And his victory would be complete. The harvest brought in, and that day which is today, we would not just be dancing around the camp, we would be singing with the angels in majesty, which we are on this day because the Spirit has been poured out. This 50-day revelry, which comes to its fruition today, and what is His is now ours. He has given us everything. The Spirit, who is the love between the Father and the Son, is ours, and we are His. His power is ours. His peace is ours. His victory is ours. His majesty and scepter and throne. It is all ours. Even while we are still in this world which is trying to kill us. Well, what's our response? Go ahead. Give it your best shot. Let it try. Let it spit and spurt its dying threats. It is no consequence for us because we have received the spirit of life and power. We have been inflamed with holiness and we cannot die. We've come together as the family of God. What the enemy had broken asunder, God has forged together in the flame of the Holy Spirit. He's reversed Babel on this day. He's turned back the great fracture. We're no longer alone, which was our misery. We are a family, the people of God, a kingdom of priests. We have been caught up together and made one in the wake of his triumphant procession to heaven. All of this is true. All of this is a reality here and now in our lives because we have received the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who makes this a reality for us. How important, how important then is for us to be friends with the Spirit, to obey him, to welcome him, Submit our lives to him, walk in his ways, and listen to his voice deep in our heart, speaking still and small, the whisper of that mighty wind of God. Let us be who God has created us to be. Let us not turn back the putridity of the old slavery. Let us set our hearts, as we said in the ascension, on things above where Christ dwells in heaven and where we dwell with him because we have received the spirit of power. We are told, we are told that when the spirit was poured out initially, the immediate effect was that he gave them utterance. He gave them utterance. This is really important. 
It's repeated again and again in all the Pentecostal antiphons and hymns. He gave them utterance. We might wonder why is that so special. I mean, we, a lot of times we'd like people to stop having so much utterance. Just be quiet. But when the Spirit comes, what's the first thing He do, does? The mark of the Spirit is to give them utterance. He filled their mouths. What? With what? With praise. With praise. That's what it says. He filled their mouths with praise and they spoke of the wonderful works of God. What fills our mouths? Are we more impressed by the evil of this world and despair than the glory of God? You know, the old enemy is in the gutter, writhing in defeat. Do we pay more attention to him? Do we tremble at his presence? Are our mouths filled with complaints and grumbling? Or are they filled with praise? Are we in the Spirit? Are we in the Spirit? We'll know if our mouths are filled with praise and speaking the wonders of God. To speak and to be in the Spirit. To be in the Spirit is to speak with one another, with hymns and songs and spiritual psalms, as St. Paul says. To build one another up with hope and the good things to come. Believing that God will complete the good work he has begun. Believing and not despairing. Not grumbling. But making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Today the Spirit has come down and he takes us up to heaven. And we are free forevermore from the fear of death. Today we have received a kingdom which will not pass away. May we live like princes with dignity, the dignity of the beauty of holiness and joy. May we seek with our whole heart the Spirit and give ourselves wholly to Him, that we might live in His joy and that we might fully reap the harvest of Christ's redemption. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.